hello you guys welcome back to another episode of that's my personal business we are doing a little mini sode today i'm so excited to have you here we're just doing a little mini personal episode to get to know you guys a little bit better to have you get to know me a little bit better i had you guys a couple weeks ago send in some questions and you guys had a lot of personal questions a lot of work questions couple of them were real personal so i'm excited we're gonna dive in we're doing a little 20 questions here and yeah let's get started you guys started off so nice the first question i got was who is your dream podcast guest and i am kind of embarrassed i didn't even think about this until i got this question and then i was like oh my gosh who would be my dream podcast guest and in the realm of small businesses, I'd have to say that Jenna Kutcher would definitely be a big one, but Ashley Lemix, Lemo, I actually, I have no idea how to say her last name, um, but she is, she's probably my biggest, Ashley is. She is such an incredible person and has been through some of the hardest trials I have ever even heard of. I can barely wrap my brain around them sometimes. Um, and she is such an incredible and inspirational person. I'll put her links in the show notes because you should go follow her immediately. But I would love to hear more about her personal story. She's so open about it anyway, but it would be so interesting to hear how it has changed her career path and how she has used that to fuel her books and her influencing and all that good stuff because she is she is seriously so inspirational. Number two, YLA. And this is one of my favorite questions to get because I don't have an answer. So I actually grew up kind of in the Coachella Valley, so Southern California, and I've always wanted to move back. Um, but LA was honestly just kind of random. I just kind of felt like I needed to be here. And when I came out to look for apartments, once I found my apartment, it just felt so right, which I know is so cheesy, but I just remember being like, yep, this is it. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Honestly, there was no specific reason. Most of my work has been destination for the last couple years, so I knew I could kind of live wherever, and I don't know, LA just fit. And the next two questions are more LA goodies, which is that if I have both dogs in LA, which I unfortunately do not, um, if you've been following along for a long time, you know I had two dogs, Cora and Newt, and unfortunately I did not keep Newt in my divorce. Um, I miss him so much. He was such an amazing, lovely dog, and I'll cry if I talk about him too much because I love him so much, but I'm so grateful I have Cora. Cora is my baby. She is my little angel, and I don't know what I would do without her having her here in LA, even though she's still kind of very much adjusting to life here in LA. If you have dogs and you've moved them to a city before, you probably know that it's kind of an adjustment. So we're working through that, but I'm so grateful to still have Cora here. And the next one was, what was your move to LA like? It sounds so stressful. And honestly, it was so stressful. My move to LA was kind of crazy. There was a lot of moving parts in it. I had a house in Utah. I was selling a house. Then Corona happened. Then like a million, then my housing fell through in Los Angeles. Like so many things happened while I was trying to move out to LA that it honestly got to the point where I was like, are these signs? Like, are these signs that I'm not supposed to move to LA? I honestly was starting to get super panicked that I was like, ignoring signs from the universe just because so many things went wrong. I moved out here the day the home order got put out. So I literally like just scraped by. I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to find food in LA because this is back when everyone was hoarding everything. It was honestly so wild, but my move to LA, 
I would do it all over again. I just feel like if you're supposed to live somewhere or you're supposed to make a big move, even when things are going wrong, like you can just feel it in your bones. If it's the right thing, you can feel it in your gut. And I just knew that even though it was totally stressful, this was like where I'm supposed to be. I still feel that way. I don't know why I'm supposed to be here, but I know I'm supposed to be here. And it's been so beautiful finally living in LA, even though it's so different. Um, So if you're thinking about moving somewhere, even though I know it's Corona and it's such a weird time to be moving, moves are always going to be stressful. So if this is like the best thing for you in your life though, and you can feel that in your gut, you should still totally do it and just plan it as best you can, but be flexible with the fact that things are probably going to go wrong and it's okay as long as you get there. Okay, number five, how did you make the leap and spend photography expenses? So no, no shocker, photography and even just honestly any business you start up is probably going to be fairly expensive. And the way that I looked at the leap into spending photography money and like actually really getting myself ready to run this business is that it was more of an investment. And yes, it was thousands upon thousands of dollars, but I knew it was an investment. What's nice with photography too is they're not one-time purchase but they're not frequent um, expenses, right? Like you buy all your gear, you're not going to have to buy or replace it for a couple years at least. So it's more of an investment. Um, I highly suggest saving up money to do it. Another great option is to buy used gear if it's from someone you trust. Used gear always kind of sketches me out a little. I try to buy new as much as I can, but you can even buy refurbished from like Nikon and Canon, which are always a little bit cheaper. But I highly suggest renting your gear first, getting a real feel for what equipment you prefer and what goes best with your photography style so that you don't have to do you know the problem that so many of us make um as well as myself was that I just like bought gear without doing a ton of research and then later sold it to buy new gear and I wish I would have just done more research and like rented longer so that I knew exactly what lenses were going to best fit my style Okay, number six, most influential books or practices. And I love this question so much because there is one book, I've talked about it all the time, and that is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I'm actually going to be doing an entire podcast episode on this book because it is my new Bible. It is the best book, you guys. If you have not read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, you have to, you have to. I like honestly want to buy like a hundred of them and just send them out and just like give them to women on the street essentially because it is the most incredible book. If you are listening and you are not a woman and like or not female identifying, it is still an incredible book. My dad read it and he literally would text me and be like getting my dose of vitamin G because her name is Glennon. Like it's such a powerful book that has completely changed my life and what I like so much about it is that she covers such a wide range of topics and issues that everyone really gets something different out of it and there is something in it for everyone um so I can't say enough about that but I'm gonna stop there because we're going to do like an entire podcast episode on it because that book is unreal um artistically I love The War of Art The War of Art is such a beautiful amazing book I need to read it again I suggest it to anyone As far as practices go, honestly, this one's hard for me because I love having a good morning routine and I've totally fallen out of mine, but I don't necessarily have like huge practices that I do necessarily every day, but some of my favorite practices that I do in general is moving my body, whether that's, I do try to do like stretches every day, no matter what, as well as like move my body a couple times a week as far as fitness goes. I love pulling cards. You guys have probably seen me pull Oracle cards and even if you're not super in 
to Oracle cards because I know for a while I thought they were so woo-woo and they are kind of woo. But what's cool about Oracle cards, especially the deck I use, is that they're not that woo. Like they definitely are, but I honestly think that anyone can get something out of them. I've totally had friends and family pull them that like don't usually like that kind of stuff and they love them. Like there's something that you can get out of it every time. They're so beautiful and I always have such a like beautiful, positive, spiritual experience when I pull cards. Um, I love journaling. I love reading. I think honestly, just in general, as far as like influential practices go, listening to your body in general and just really going with what you feel like your body and mind or spirit need at that time is like the best practice you can have. Number seven, Kelvin or automatic white balance. Kelvin every time I shoot at 5100 almost always other than if I am shooting in super blue light. Eight, how did you grow such a big following? I really got lucky in the fact that I was on Instagram and doing a ton of work on Instagram before the algorithm, and that's how I grew my big following. Um, honestly, I have my following count, if you've been here for a while, you've probably seen my followers, don't really budge. It's it's stayed around 36,000 for like years now. Um, my goal is to identify and relate more to a few quality people, like a smaller quality audience than quantity, because I know I'm not for everyone. I know my style is not for everyone and I would rather have a smaller or consistent following that is really here for me and what I have to offer. Number nine, dip your fries in ketchup or pour ketchup on top. This is such a funny question. I obviously dip my fries in ketchup. Who is is pouring ketchup on their fries? Who is pouring ketchup on their fries? Please send me a message. Let me know if you're doing okay. 10, what is inspiring me right now and what is bringing me joy? Which this is the cutest question. So thanks to whoever sent this in. Um, What is inspiring me right now and like what is bringing me joy? This is the dumbest answer, but I will expand on it. But like just general happiness is what is inspiring me right now. Um, Obviously, 2020 has taken a turn for all of us, but I already, even in January, knew for obvious reasons, if you've listened to previous episodes, I already knew this year was going to be really weird for me and really different. And oh my gosh, now with everything going on too, it is just the most wild year of my life. And it has been one of the saddest years of my life and the happiest year of my life. Like I have never felt such joy and I've really changed the way I approach my life to have all of my decisions be based in the pursuit of happiness. So obviously like there's a hedonistic lifestyle you can live where like you'll do anything to be happy and it's not that, but anything that I want to do that is like a good thing, I'm trying to do that. And I'm trying to use happiness and time with loved ones and like good energy as a form of currency rather than like money and time. Like I really just want to be making decisions, whether that is personally or spiritually or physically or in business that make me happy rather than in pursuit of money or things that are more typically beneficial if that I don't know if that even made sense I feel like I just blacked out I just started talking I just came to and I'm like was that even a functional sentence who knows but what is inspiring me right now is just the pursuit of happiness and thing and that is what is bringing me joy is to just live my life in a way where like I just want to be happy no matter what that looks like so my goals are a little bit more flexible the way that I'm doing my job is a little bit more flexible I'm trying to pursue activities and hobbies and 
work projects that just make me happy rather than pursuing something like money. Um, Another thing that is inspiring me a ton right now is just getting to know other humans and having really deep and expansive conversations with as many humans as I can. That has been something that has been so beautiful about the last couple months of my life is I feel like I have gotten to know so many humans that are so different than me and that is one of my favorite things is to get to know people that are different than me and to get to know their cultures, their thoughts, their beliefs, their patterns. It's so expansive and cool to learn about the way things, the the things that people do in ways that are so different than what I do. And I feel like it has been such a cool experience to get to know so many other humans and like build a love for things that are so different than what I already do and know. Um, 11, how did you determine pricing when just starting out as a photographer? Pricing is so personal, but this is my number one suggestion is that take into account all the different factors of pricing. So you have your market pricing, right? So if you live in New York City and your rent is five grand a month, you need to take into account that you're going to need to charge more than someone who's living in Utah whose rent is $500 a month, right? So you have your market, you have your personal life and your, you know, what is your time worth? Do you have kids? Are you leaving kids at home? Are you wanting to travel and work all the time because you're just single and you're hustling? Like, what are your life circumstances and how does that affect what your time is worth? And on top of that, what is your work worth? So it kind of comes down to like your work, your personal life, and your market. Um, obviously, you can't be charging 10 grand a wedding if you've only been shooting for two seconds and your work doesn't look that good. So really take into account all of those things as well as like the obvious, the cost of doing business. Um, what is this costing you to perform? Are you making more than minimum wage? That is like one thing that is so wild to me when people first get started is that they leave their pricing low for so long and they don't take into account that between their expenses and also just like the time that they're investing not only at the shoots and like during editing but in you know marketing and all this back-end stuff and answering emails is that like at the end of the day they're almost earning as much as they would working like a minimum wage office job so make sure you're taking into account all of those things when you first start out in any business not just a photographer 12. Where do you know when to begin with client contracts? Maybe that was when do you know where to begin with client contracts? That would make more sense. I might have even typed that up wrong. But with client contracts, do not build one yourself. Invest in one. Clients and contracts and general legality is not something you want to mess around with. And I promise you, if you have not had to refer back to your client or to your contract yet to like save you in your business, the day is coming. There will all, you will eventually get a client that you need a good contract for. And that is going to save you by having a good contract. So get a good contract from someone legal. You can get so many online. I actually have some exciting news coming out in the next couple months about stuff like this, but You can also get some from places like LawTog. You need a contract and it needs to be one that you either bought from a lawyer or you had a lawyer help you draft because they know way, 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 way more than you do if you did not go to law school. Um, 13, how many weddings do you shoot a year and do you turn some down after? I have taken on less and less weddings every single year. Uh, Last year, I think I shot 14-ish maybe and that was the least I've ever shot and then this year I was only going to take like around five. Um, I from now on and going forward 
going forward, we'll really only be taking five to seven weddings a year. And that is because I love weddings. I love them so much, but they are very much an investment of your heart. They can be kind of emotionally taxing, not in a bad way, but it's just an emotional experience. Like it's pretty tiring. And I want to be able to give each of my clients my 100%. I want to be firing at 100% when I'm shooting weddings and interacting with my couples. So I am not going to be taking that much so that I can make sure that we are all just giving 100% to each other and that I'm totally invested in their work and not drained from anything else, not overworking myself, nothing like that. Um, And yeah, I do totally turn down some once my year is full. I send them referrals. um, And so that is, and a lot of wedding photographers do that, which is like one of the benefits of reaching out to people as soon as you know when you're getting married. Okay, now we're going to get into some fun little questions that you guys sent in. A couple of you kind of came from my throat. So, 14, did you have a feeling your marriage wouldn't work out when you got married? Ooh, thank you, whoever sent this sucker in. Um, The answer is no, I did not. I would not have gotten married if I thought immediately that it wasn't going to work out. However, I was 20 years old when I got married, right? So like hindsight is 2020. I can look back now and be like, oh, there were signs. Like that was a sign. That was a sign. But I was 20. And that's kind of the risk you take when you get married as a child. Um, and I was basically a kid. So I mean, that's what it is. I was just immature. I didn't know. I learned pretty quickly that it probably wasn't going to work out, but I was very hopeful that I could make it work. And yeah, here we are, which is fine. But yeah, no, I did, definitely did not. I don't think people really get married with the intention of thinking that this isn't going to work. I really hope not. If you're getting married and you're like, this probably isn't going to work out, then probably don't. I would, I would say skip that one. 15, where did your photography journey start? My photography journey honestly started when I was really young. I have loved carrying around a camera since I was like in elementary school. I'm so grateful that it's kind of been a dream job of mine forever for so long. Um, and I'm like so grateful that it worked out the way that it had. I kind of got into weddings. I kind of fell into them when I was graduating high school and yeah, it's been amazing. I've been full-time now for four years and never looked back. It's the best job. Oh my gosh. This next one. 16. Why did your ex-husband not work? I'm not even going to answer this one because here is my thing. My point with this podcast and with sharing my story and things like that is to share my story in a way that is beneficial for others. And my divorce and my marriage and my personal life in general, I have no interest in making them a topic of gossip. I will not be talking about my ex-husband or my marriage or my divorce unless it is in a, on this podcast specifically, unless it is something that I feel is beneficial for my healing and also serves and helps other people. Um, 17. Starting a business is scary enough, but as the sole income, how did you do that? It was terrifying. It definitely is so scary starting a business. And yeah, it was terrifying knowing that I was the sole income for multiple people. I worked really hard. Like, and I don't mean that in a braggy way, but like I hustled. I was working a full-time corporate job and doing photography on the side. I literally was like leaving my house at 8 a.m. to go to work. I would work until 5 p.m. And then I would go to a shoot, shoot, come home, edit all night. Like I was probably working 12-hour days for like 
like six months um and then shooting weddings on the weekend like i didn't quit my full-time job until my business was pretty busy which means that that overlap was pretty chaotic um so i worked really hard to make that happen um and to do it in a way where it at least was a little less scary going full-time because i had been hustling for so long that my business was at least pretty functioning at that point 18 how do you get past plateaus in your business i love this question because we all reach plateaus sometimes sometimes we get really comfy right in our business things are going well and we just kind of stay there and the best thing with getting past plateaus in your business is to really identify what's causing it like what is it that you're super comfortable in your business and is it doing weddings is it the way that you're posing is it the way that you're shooting um i know when i reach plateaus i try to identify exactly what it is that i feel like i'm not pushing and then figure out what the antithesis of that would be so if i get really comfy you know i got really comfy for a long time with weddings being my sole income and so i was like okay let's like try something else too and that's really when my education picked up or when i get really comfy and i feel like i'm plateauing as far as my posing and images are going then i'll put together some shoots where i don't allow myself to do my standard poses they have to be all new poses so i think one of the best things with getting past plateaus is to just really work on getting as specific as you can with identifying what is plateauing and then figuring out what the opposite of that would be or something different would be and then pursuing that really hard in order to compensate but with plateaus too i do want to say to give yourself grace because that's awesome if you've plateaued a little bit right that means that you were rapidly improving in order to get to that point and so plateaus are natural they happen to all of us and it's okay if you sit in a plateau for a second but once you're ready to move past that plateau that is definitely my advice for doing so 19 what photography trend do you want to see come in style Ooh. I don't even know. Okay, actually, I have like a very general answer for this. I would love to see photographers stop caring about trends. I would love to see as many photographers as humanly possible just doing their own thing and really just leaning into their own personal style and whatever weirdness they want to create because I think right now what's so hard about the photography industry is that there are very distinct styles that are trendy and a lot of photographers are trying to fall into those categories whereas I would love to see people just go balls to the wall get crazy do exactly what they want create really weird funky unique work like that would be the most amazing quote-unquote trend I could see is everyone just doing exactly what they want oh I would love that 20 what is your workout routine oh you guys I used to have a pretty solid sick workout routine I was weightlifting for like a while and I went every day for hours granted I was doing it kind of in an unhealthy way it was 100% a coping mechanism but with corona i'm not comfortable going to gyms or anything like that or classes so my workout during covid has completely disintegrated right now i'm trying really hard to run three times a week i have a really bad knee so i can't go every day um and then honestly though with working out right now i'm trying to give myself grace that like we're in the middle of a global pandemic (laughs) it's weird if i don't want to work out every day i don't have to i do try to stretch and do like really good long stretches every day ideally morning and night i found that that really helps my body flow better it alleviates aches and pains i always sleep much better so that's honestly my workout routine right now is like non-existent but i've kind of liked it it's been nice and relaxing 
we were going for 20 questions, but we're going to end it on 21, which is, would you rather have a memory card corrupt or drop all your gear in a lake? (laughs) Which if you are a photographer listening to this, you know that this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my whole life, but I would hundred percent rather drop all my gear, all, you know, 10 grand of it in a lake than have a memory card corrupt. Losing someone's wedding is quite literally one of my worst nightmares in life. Like, I would much rather replace all of my gear than lose someone's wedding. So, that would suck, but yeah, I'll drop kick my camera into a lake before I lose someone's wedding. So, there it is. But you guys, that's a little bit about me. A little 21 questions. Thank you so much for sending this in. Just a fun little mini-sode for you guys to get to know me a little bit better. And I am so excited to see you on next week's episode of That's My Personal Business. I'll see you soon. Bye.